We're going to look at verses, uh, chapter 2 of Philippians, verses 12 through 16. We're going to go through all the way through 16. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. The song that we sang earlier I thought was most fitting for the message today in that, Lord, I want to be a Christian. I want to be like Jesus in my heart. That's what being a disciple is all about. Now, you remember last Sunday we talked about a disciple is someone who walks so close to his teacher, that the dust from the sandals of the teacher fall upon his feet. And to be like Jesus, we must walk that close to him in our fellowship, uh, in our discipleship. And I want to continue as we talk about the five purposes of the church to think a little more about how am I growing, maturing, in my walk with Jesus. Uh, can I show some markers, some spiritual markers in my life where I've been obedient to the Lord and following Him, such as the testimony we just heard? That spiritual marker was a time where I obeyed the Lord and I was so excited. It just amazes me how when we obey the Lord, that energizes us. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. So join me in prayer as we begin. Father, we do thank you for the Word of God that transforms us and for the walk with you that transforms us and energizes us. It's just fun to walk with Jesus. It's challenging. It's hard sometimes. It takes more courage some days than others. But Lord, as we get up and remain faithful to you, life takes on a whole new depth, richness, uh, of experience, we are transformed, and we just want everybody to come to know Jesus. And I pray that you'll speak to us in a powerful way, in a fresh way this morning, and that Christ would be honored. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Philippians chapter 2, and we'll begin with verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. Verse 16, by holding firm to the word of life, then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for no purpose. Today as we talk about spiritual formation, I don't know if that's what you, uh, you know, that's not a word we throw out all the time. How are you doing in spiritual formation? We think about um, football teams lining up and playing each other. LSU had a terrible formation Kentucky seemed to have a good, strong formation as they lined up, and they were ready for the game. Now, can you imagine those guys not having prepared for the game last night? Uh, had they all, you know, for the last semester, they had laid out, 
enjoyed themselves doing what they wanted to do, and the coach says, oh, by the way, we're going to Kentucky, and we're going to play Kentucky. Now let's all get on the bus, and here we go, and then they show up and try to play a ball game. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Well, sometimes we do that as disciples of Jesus. We're called upon by the Lord to a task, to a ministry, but we've not prepared. We've not prepared with spiritual disciplines. What am I talking about when I talk about spiritual disciplines? Well, just like a, a trainer for an athletic team trains and disciplines himself in the gym, so you and I practice those spiritual disciplines so that we will be ready when the time comes and God calls on us to, to obey Him, to do something, to take on a task, to take on a ministry, uh, or to just show, show up. How are you doing in your spiritual disciplines? I'm talking about Bible reading. I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about reading the Word of God in such a way that you find a personal challenge, a, pers a personal encouragement, a personal comfort from the Word of God. I'm talking about how are you faithful in doing ministry for other people and how are you faithful in reaching others with the gospel of Christ? These are all spiritual disciplines that build up your spiritual muscles just like a ball player builds up their physical muscles for a softball game or baseball game or a football game or a basketball game. Spiritual discipline is required in order to serve the Lord and be an effective disciple. So the first point of my message today is that Spiritual discipline simply requires obedience to Christ. That's the starting point. Now, Paul is trying to get that point across to the church at Philippi. And he's trying to get them out of the doldrums of the problems that they're having and saying, let's get back to the basics. Let's get back to the basics. Kind of like the football team that kept losing games and the coach called a meeting there and he said, now, he said, team, we've got to get back to the basics here. He said, uh, now this here is a football. And one of the football players spoke up and said, slow down, coach, slow down. Well, hang in there with me. Uh, spiritual disciplines requires simple obedience to Jesus Christ. And Paul is trying to get them to get back to the basics of spiritual disciplines. He said in verse 12, So then, my beloved brethren, just as you've always obeyed, not only when I was there, but continue to obey the Lord um, and work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Two things I want to say about this passage. One, when we obey the Lord, we are energized by the presence of God's Holy Spirit who takes our shaking knees, our quivering voice, even our doubts and uncertainty and we allow ourselves to be a conduit of the Holy Spirit and minister to other people, then we find ourselves energized. We find ourselves energized. Now, here he uses the term fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I want to ask you this question. Is there any fear and trembling in your life when you disobey the Lord? 
Is there any fear and trembling in your life when you do not practice spiritual disciplines? Are you afraid of how God may discipline you? Have you even thought about that? I remember one time I was watching a television program. Rick Warren was on there, and they were having a debate about a moral issue. And they were challenging Pastor Warren about his position. And he was stating how he uh, stood on Scripture. And he said to the commentator, the person that was doing the interview, he said, "I'm I'm more afraid of God than I am you. I really think we have lost that fear of God's discipline in our Christian life because we think we're saved, we got our ticket to heaven, now I'll just maximize my life. I'll just get the most I can out of church, I'll just get the most I can out of the rewards of this life, I'll just live my best life now, you know, and all that silly stuff. And we've lost this fear of God's discipline when we neglect our spiritual disciplines and walk with Christ. And when God brings correction in your life, just like Paul is correcting the church at uh, Philippi here in chapter 2, when God brings correction in your life, He is doing it because He loves you and He doesn't want you to suffer the consequences of being undisciplined. What happens when you're undisciplined? Well, number one, the world, the problems that you face in life are just overwhelming. But in spiritual disciplines, you find that there is a faith deep enough and strong enough that you can claim the victory we have in Jesus Christ through every challenge you face. We are more than conquerors through Christ. In my darkest days of depression and my darkest days of anxiety, it came down to making a spiritual decision. Are you going to trust Christ or are you going to trust yourself? And when I chose to trust Christ, I began to pull out of that depression. I began to pull away from those anxieties and God brought an energy and a calm and a peace to my life. Y'all heard my story. Four years ago, I almost died from surgery and just went through all kinds of stuff. And when I depended on me, I was anxious. But when I depended on God, He brought peace and calm to my life. One day, Paul said, Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's verse 11. And we want to be able to say that we have been faithful to the Lord in following the Lord Jesus and in our spiritual disciplines so that when the crisis time comes in our life and we face those bridges that we are afraid to cross, we know that Christ is with us. And we are victors, and we will overcome, and we are more than conquerors through Christ. 
and nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. He says in verse 13, it's God who's at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And what he's talking about there is that we will be a finisher. A person who is strong in spiritual disciplines is a person who can finish well. I tell you, I want to finish my life well. I want to finish my life serving. I want to finish my life on task. Paul said it this way, I'm ready to die. My life is ready to be offered up like an offering. I have finished the course, and I have kept the faith. And he says, now there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. That sounds pretty confident, if you ask me. God's going to give me a crown of righteousness when I breathe my last breath here on earth. When my eyes close in this earth, my eyes will open up in God's holy heaven, and I will receive the reward that I've been longing for all of my life. Most Baptists say it the other way. I just hope I get in. I, I hope I can sneak in with somebody else. I was telling somebody yesterday, like we're visiting out in the cemetery, you know, and I said, every time I go to the cemetery, I think about a guy named Crosby Adams. Crosby Adams was a deacon in my little home church, a little small church out in the country, a very godly man. And uh, this shows you something about, the, about uh, how undisciplined I was and counting on other people for their salvation. I always said, bury me next to Brother Crosby. Because when God raises up Brother Crosby, he'll disturb me and I'll come up too, you know. I think a lot of people look at eternal life like, boy, I sure hope I get in. And, and God has so much more for us. Uh, more than we can enjoy even in this life if we will just dig into the spiritual disciplines in the scripture, prayer, reflecting on God's word, uh, ministry, worship, Bible study, fellowship with friends, and being involved in missions and evangelism. That's where the kingdom of God is. And that's where the energy comes to live this Christian life. And Paul said, you don't labor for nothing when you do that. You have a reward awaiting for you in God's holy heaven. So, so if we're to be faithful in spiritual discipline, it just takes obedience. Spiritual discipline requires discipline. Number two, we want to talk a little bit about restoring our lost attitude. We, we often think about spiritual disciplines and we feel like, well, I'm so far away from where I need to be. And the Apostle Paul reminds the church at Philippi, you're just one step from walking in the kingdom of God and following Jesus Christ. Here's, here's how we normally think of it. I'm so far away from God that I'll have to work the rest of my life and I'll never be close to Jesus. I've got so far to go to come back to be like I was years ago. No, friend, you're just one step away from living in the kingdom of God. Just one step. And here's how Paul says it. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And for this reason, God has highly exalted him, bestowed upon him the name which is above every name, 
and that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We are one decision away from that mindset. Have this mindset in you, which was in Christ Jesus. That means we are to be spiritually driven, not self-driven, not selfish motives, not what I want out of this world, but what Jesus wants of me. What Jesus wants of me. And just like Paul said here, that's grace. That's God at work in you. That you may prove yourselves, that you may be a finisher, one who has a harvest in their life. Let me say three things about becoming more like Christ by following him a little closer through the Holy Spirit and having this attitude in ourselves, adopting the same attitude in ourselves that Jesus had when he left heaven, came to earth, and just gave his whole life to the Father's will. First thing I want to say is that spiritual discipline is a practice and it is paramount for spiritual growth. There's a writer named John Ortberg who talks about spiritual disciplines and growth. He says, can you imagine getting a phone call one day and he said, you have been invited, you, you, you have been invited to be on the Olympic swimming team. And you're sitting on the couch, you're eating Twinkies and potato chips. And you've been invited to swim on the Olympic swimming team. All you got to do is show up. Well, first thing you do, he says, is that you're going to get some books and start reading them about swimming, right? You're going to go to the library and you're going to do some research. Why, well, you're even going to go to the gym and watch some people swim. And uh, you might even get to know other swimmers that are outstanding in their league. And you might even show up to the uh, ceremony and the awards and all the tournaments that are held, and you just keep showing up, but you never get in the water. And then the day comes that you've got to show up to swim on the Olympic swimming team. Are you prepared? Are you ready? I think a lot of us believers look at the Christian life like that. We read a lot of books about being uh, in the spiritual disciplines, about being a follower of Jesus. We go to a lot of church services. We go to conferences. Um, we hang out with other Christians. But we don't do the spiritual disciplines that he's asking us to do. And we wonder why we're not prepared or why God's not using us. We're still on the couch watching TV, eating Twinkies and chips. Spiritual discipline is paramount to spiritual growth. It's just something you've got to start doing. The second thing I want to share is that practical, uh, practicing spiritual discipline produces change over time. And one of the reasons our prayer life comes and goes and comes and goes, and I don't know how you pray, but I am not an example of a prayer warrior. Some of you are. My ADD brain is just all over the place. I bow my head to pray, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for breakfast. I, I try to get into the Scripture, and all kinds of things come to my memory. My brain just goes all over the place, and I've been like that ever since I was a kid. 
So don't look at the pastor and say, hey, he is the man on spiritual disciplines. I'm a struggler just like you are. But I have found that over time, and repeating again and again, that scripture reading, that next scripture reading, every day, that next scripture reading, I find that over time, change begins to happen. One thing I want to share with you is that practicing spiritual discipline proves itself when crisis happens. It proves itself when crisis happens. Y'all remember the uh, uh, U.S. Airways airplane that this Captain Sully piloted? And uh, they'd taken off from uh, New York, I think. And they had bird strike and lost both their engines. In fact, um, there was a movie made about the uh, pilot named Sully. And this guy took this airplane with no engines on it and brought it back and landed it safely in the Hudson River and spared every life. No one died. That is an absolute miracle. Well, do you know anything about Sully, the captain? He was a test pilot in the Air Force. Now, a test pilot is not somebody that decides they want to get in an airplane and start flying the thing. I mean, you are the top of the grade. And uh, the discipline of flying an airplane and, and reacting in emergencies and how to respond correctly in emergencies, how to keep your cool when everybody else is losing their cool, he had all that training behind him. And when the engines went out on that U.S. Airways flight, he was able to bring it in calmly and coolly and land in the river. He was prepared every day for the unexpected. And we live in a world right now where the unexpected seems to happen every week. I don't remember a time in the history that I've been alive that change has happened so quickly in our day and chaos has been as chaotic as it's been in the last 10 years. And I don't know that it's going to get better. I don't know what the future holds. I don't have a crystal ball. But I know one thing. The Holy Spirit gets us ready to face every challenge with calm, with certainty, with discernment. I want to say that word again, a discernment. You see, you don't really have to call the pastor up to ask what to do. You just ask the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you what to do. Uh, you, you don't have to have the advice of everybody around you. The Holy Spirit will guide you into rational discernment so that you will make wise choices in a world that's making unhealthy choices and creating anxiety, creating disturbance, creating the unexpected, creating chaos, creating confusion. You will be the calm person in the room. You will be the person of wisdom and discernment in your family and among your friends. And when a crisis comes, you'll be the one they look to to take the next steps. So spiritual formation is restored in us as we have the mind of Christ. Paul says it very clearly in Colossians. We have the mind of Christ. 
How do we get the mind of Christ? Through the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit develop the mind of Christ in us? Through spiritual disciplines. And let me end with this. He ends up here in the next few verses. He says, and, well, let me read. Um, let's do verses 14 through 16 if you're following along in your Bible. This is kind of the high note in the sermon. And <clears throat> Excuse me if I get a little sentimental. Do all things without grumbling and disputing, he says, so that you will prove yourselves. That means that you will complete. You will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, that's the gospel, so that in the day of Christ, that's when he returns, I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. Spiritual formations has a future to rejoice in. Spiritual formations gives you a vision of what can be possible. And Paul said, you guys at Philippi, or if he was writing the, church, uh, the letter to Ekron, he said, you saints over there at Ekron, he said, forget about the grumblings and the disputing, the gossips and all the stuff that's going on around there. He said, you, you take the lead in being blameless and innocent. See, that's like Jesus. You be like Jesus. You are children of God and you are above reproach in the midst of a world and a generation that doesn't know Jesus Christ and hold fast the truth of the gospel. This is called intention. You don't become a disciple of Jesus by osmosis or accident. Now if I could probe a little here, wrote, and if I get off square, I apologize. But we had a tremendous opportunity yesterday, didn't we? It really was. And that chaplain that spoke up shared the gospel with all those guys. Men and women, not just men. And uh, he did it with intention. And they heard the gospel. Now, we, we could have done something else. And this is why a lot of Baptists do. This plan B. Plan B is, let's bring a group in and let's just feed them and then send them on their way. We think, we did a great job. Plan B was to get them in the building. They were in the building. Well, there's Jesus standing right up over there. There's the cross right up there. There's the pulpit right here. Surely, having been in the church, by osmosis, they would have heard the gospel and been saved, right? Folks, that's kind of how we've done church a long, long time. We've had programs and we have had activities to just get people in the church, get them inside the church. But we've not shared the gospel with them like he did yesterday. That was profound. That was profound. So as we go forward as a church to 
together, I, I want us to be thinking about how can we be intentional about sharing the gospel with everyone who enters this building. The gospel isn't shared by osmosis. Just because I was in my garage this morning doesn't mean I was a Toyota, right? Just because you're coming into the church building doesn't mean you're a Christian or that you're saved or that you're going to heaven. Until you hear the gospel, until you repent of your sin and turn yourself over to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, forgive me my sin, come into my life and save me, there's no transformation. The gospel doesn't save by osmosis, nor does it save by accident. It must be done intentionally. And that's why when Gail shared up here today, about she always felt that she needed to do this. Did you hear that? I always felt I needed to go out and tell people about Jesus. And intentionally, her team went. And oh, the blessing they received. So spiritual formation requires intentionality. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't happen by accident. And my question to you is, what time do you pray? What time of the day do you pray? What time of the day do you schedule a Bible reading? What time of the day do you reflect on what you read in the Bible and say, Lord, help me to change that I can be in line with your word? To this I hold, the song says, my hope is only Jesus. All the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but Christ through me, Christ in me. When the race is complete, Still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Will you bow your heads together with me? Some here today need to give your life to Jesus. This may be your last opportunity to ever say yes to Jesus, come and profess Him publicly now as your Savior and your Lord. If you'll just come during this song, during this invitation, we'll pray with you and help you to um, repent of your sin and turn your life over to Jesus Christ. If you're ready to do that, and willing to follow through as a disciple of the Lord Jesus and be baptized, then I want you to come on forward while we sing this song here in a minute. Everybody that Jesus called in the Bible times, He called them publicly. And that's why we invite you to come publicly, too. Maybe you're someone that wants to unite with our church from a sister church of like faith and order. This is your opportunity to unite with our church. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to respond to what we've heard today. 
Give us courage, Lord, for those who have not yet given their life to Jesus, that today they'll do that. Whether it be a young person, an adult, Father, move powerfully, I pray, through your Holy Spirit. Bring conviction on our hearts. Bring change to our life. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.